Joshua, the first chapter, verses 5, 6, and 7. No one shall be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For you shall put this people in possession of the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Only be strong and courageous, being careful to act in accordance with all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, so that you may be successful wherever you go. Thus far the scripture. God, we are delighted to be in the house of God, grateful for the privilege to preach your gospel. Now we ask you for the power to do it. The anointing that makes preaching easy, the anointing that makes preaching powerful. Move now by your spirit and by your power. Bless us today beyond our wildest imagination so that we might be successful even in this service. We'll be careful to give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. And all of God's people together says, Amen and Amen. Bless the name of God. Mr. Ackle, just these two. Just leave the house comfortable. Just give me a little bit more right here. Bless the name of God. Today I want to talk to you about, from the subject, be successful. Just be successful. It's a new year. It's a new season. It's a new day. I want you to be what? Successful. Amen. Amen. If I had a sub topic today. Amen. I, I talked to you about the lessons on leaving a successful legacy. Amen. Few lessons about being successful. Bless the name of God. How many of you need, want to, going to commit to being successful this year? Bless the name of God. The last verse, it says, so that you may be successful wherever you may go. There is something to be said about being responsible for someone else's success or well-being. There's something to be said about giving leadership to a church, to a family, to an organization, to a department. And being the one that is responsible for somebody else's success. And therein lies the challenge of effective leadership in the world today. The challenge is, can you rise above your own feelings of inadequacy and lead people to experience better than they have ever had in their lives? Most leaders have flaws. Most leaders fail. Most leaders have foibles. Most leaders flat out don't get it, don't make it. But nevertheless, if God has put God's hand upon your life, leadership is not an option as it relates to getting people to live their best lives. Moses in this text is now dead at this time in Israel's history and young Joshua has to successfully take the people into the promised land. 
Joshua has a very sharp learning curve in preparation for his new role as the leader. Joshua. Amen. Joshua becomes a model for us in that we too have to learn that sometimes our readiness is not based on whether we feel we are ready, but our readiness is based on the people are ready for us to give leadership to their lives. Sometimes it ain't about you. It is about the people that God has placed in your life that will depend on you to take them from where they are to where God would have them to be. Moses is now dead, and for Joshua, you're it, Joshua. Amen. Uh, your leader might be out of the way, but guess what? You are the one that is to give leadership to take your family, to take that relationship, to take that department on your job to the next level. And God is saying to us at the beginning of this new year, quit looking for other people to fill the role that God has prepared you to fill during this season of your life. What you know is gone. Moses is gone. Come on, y'all. Moses is gone. The epitome of great leadership is gone. The void is filled. And now you are the one that God is calling to be successful in this season of your life. To take you and the people that have hitched their wagons, amen, to your leadership to the next best place in life. Joshua can lead because Joshua has learned how to follow. And sometimes uh, folk want to uh, lead, but they have not taken the time to sit down somewhere and learn how to follow. There's something to be said about the lessons you've learned from sitting in a second chair. Come on, y'all. Watching a leader lead. Watching their strengths. Watching their weaknesses. Watching their rough edges. Watching how what they did well and what they did not do well. Come on. Sometimes it's not just about having a great leader as a mentor. Sometimes it, it takes looking at the great mistakes that people have made and learning not to make those same kind of mistakes. Joshua can lead because Joshua has been following Moses around and because he has followed Moses around, Joshua can now take on the mantle of leadership and take the people of Israel from one place to the other as they cross the Jordan and enter into the promised land. Joshua can lead because Joshua had experienced being in the minority when it was not popular. Come on, y'all. They went to spy out the land and only Joshua and Caleb out of the 12 spies came back and gave a good report. The 10 says the people in the land are like giants and we are like grasshoppers in their eyes. That's what the 10 out of the 12 says. But Joshua was one of two who says, hey, I see a land 
that's flowing with milk and honey. I see a land. They got, they got huge old grapes over there. Amen. For all my West Indian folks, they got big mangoes over there. Amen. Everything is just giant size in the promised land. And we can take the land. You can't be a leader if you cannot take being in the minority for what is good and godly and what is right. You go to a church that's in the minority in the city. Amen ain't too many churches you can go to in the city like Ray of Hope, but you got to become comfortable with being a church that is on the side of rights. Joshua can lead because Joshua had experience being in the minority when it was not popular. Joshua is an Ephraimite, the Bible says, which means he come from a people who are accustomed to conquering land and dividing it up. Sometimes it is not because you are a great leader by nature, but because you've been around people who have been great leaders all of your life. Come on, yeah. anybody in here, you on a job today, not because you are good at it by nature, but because you've had great mentors. Come on. You've had people who taught you how to teach. You have had people who taught you how to run a business, how to run a meeting. And so you look better than you really are because you come from people who are great leaders, you learn, you got a work ethic because you've seen people work hard. Come on now. Amen. Joshua is a great leader because Joshua has watched Moses. It's not like when you got good leaders to help you get to your next best place in life. Come on, y'all. We're talking about the command to be successful. Regardless of what kind of leader you are by nature or who has influenced your life, you are commanded by God to be successful. Be successful or be busy helping someone else succeed. That's what I want to tell you today. Either you're going to be successful or get busy. Come on, quit complaining about what you don't have and what ain't working for you and what ain't right. Come on, y'all. You got to be successful because God has equipped you with everything you need to be successful. Your life may not have turned out the way you wanted it. Your career path may not have turned out to be what you always believed and trained yourself for. But nevertheless, God is saying you can still be successful. You can overcome the challenges in this life. Listen to me. I'm going to walk you through a few of these and I'll be done. People are afraid or reluctant to take on the responsibility of helping someone else succeed. They are reluctant. They are afraid. Uh, they are timid about it. Why? Why, Shannon? Because oftentimes such initiatives are rewarded with ingratitude. Come on, y'all. In other words, you help somebody succeed, Marcia, and then all of a sudden they turn on you. 
or they become what I call ingrates. Come on, they, they don't know how to say thank you. They don't know how to say thank you. They forgot uh, that little basic little virtue that your mother taught you. There are two words that can open any door. That's what my grandmother used to say. Please and thank you. If somebody has done something good for you, the least you can say is what? Come on, y'all. If you want something that ain't yours and somebody else have it, open your mouth, smile, and say, please, can I have it? And if they say yes, the least you can do is to say what? People don't want to lead these days because leadership uh, does not always bring the kind of affirmation, Melissa. And then you get tired. Oh, the other day I was talking uh, with my therapist and he talked about compassion fatigue. Uh, when, when you don't want to help anybody anymore because you have helped people so much and they have turned out to be nothing but ingrates. What's an ingrate? An ingrate is a person who have been the recipient of your best blessings, best gifts, best favors, best opportunities. You literally sacrifice to give the colored something. My God. And they still talk about you. You're tired of it. But Keith Kent, Kent Keith uh, taught us in his book anyway. He says, the good you do today may be forgotten. No, he said, will be forgotten tomorrow. But do good anyway. Come on, y'all. As a child of God, you got to learn how to do this thing. If you're going to be successful, you got to learn how to do good anyway. Come on, y'all. It says the good you do today, it will be forgotten when? Come on, y'all. Within 24 hours, folk forget how good you have been to them. Amen. But, 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 but the principle is do good what? Anyway, you can't stop me from doing good. You can't stop me from praying for you. You can't stop me from giving. I just may not give to you anymore. But you won't stop me from giving. Come on, y'all. Oh, I've discovered something. I learned something real uh, the other day. That I, uh, I was asked a question. Uh, uh, why do you keep giving valuable gifts to people who do not value you? That thing made me sit up straight in my chair. Why do you keep on giving valuable gifts to people who do not value you? I said, I tell you what, the only way I can resolve that thing is because I am the recipient of gifts from a God who has looked beyond my fault and have given me better than I expected. Come on, my God. That's how I can justify giving gifts, valuable gifts. I don't give it 
Oh my God, because I want something in return. I give it because as a child of God, it is my obligation. As a good human being, I got to function like the way God created me. I got to do good because I am good. Come on, it's nothing like when you affirm your own self. I'm doing it with no expectation that you will do anything for me in return, but I'm going to choose who I do good for. Listen to me. Success requires that you allow someone to suck on your strength until they are strong enough to stand on their own. Moses had to let Joshua suck on his strength until he was strong enough to lead on his own. Oh God, I, I don't always like what I read in the Bible. Oh, you know, I don't always like folks sucking on me. Come on, my God. I, I, because I, I, I want I to wanna, I wanna get some strength sometimes. I, I want to be the one that has my soul watered. I want to be the one that is fed. I want to be the one that's the recipient of it. But if you're going to be successful in this life, you got to learn, my God, how to let folk. And you do it guardedly and you do it all oh, with discretion and you do it with discipline and you do it, my God, with a good sense of boundaries. But, but you got to learn. If in this life you are going to be successful, you are going to have to find a way to give what you will eventually need in the future. Ooh. Moses had to let little old Joshua suck on him until he was strong enough to lead on his own. Listen to me again. Success is often saturated uh, with stories uh, of people messing up before they make it. Come on, y'all. Uh, successful people are people who have messed up. Come on, I want you to get that in your spirit. Come on, y'all. Uh, you might see someone successful now, <laughs> but you do not know how much mess up they have been through in their life. Come on, y'all. You might see me clean and polished now, but you do not know how many rough edges I've had to live with all of my life. Today I have two degrees, Carissa, amen, two of them, and I started a third one, amen. Oh, but, but you're looking at someone when I wrote GCE, uh, Lynn, I failed all of them. Oh, I want you to hear me today. I, I, I failed all of them. In Trinidad, we have GCE, General Certificate of Education, uh, 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 and when it, 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 there's a grade below F. Come on, y'all. Uh, yes, there's a grade below F. It's called a U. U uh, is ungraded. Come on, y'all. There are some subjects that I wrote that I got a U in. Come on. Uh, but I serve a God, my God, that will give you a second chance because that same little boy, my God, that got a U, come on, my God, in engineering science, my God, was a straight A student when I came to college. Uh, just because you have failed does not make you a failure. 
Success is often saturated with stories of people messing up before they make it. But so many people withdraw when they face the failures of those who would lead them to be successful. And that's, that's a conundrum, a riddle that I like us to chew on today. Successful leaders are those who have multiple failures in their lives. I tell you all the time, you know, I got, we got some folks from the Holiness Church around here. Amen. Yeah, but but uh, there's this thing called the anointing of God. <laughs> and, and people think when you have the anointing of God that you are exempt <laughs> from human flaws and failures. But the last time I read this book, come on my God, every anointed man of God, woman of God, were flawed of, oh my God, by nature. Why do I need the anointing on my life? I need the anointing. What is the anointing, Andy? It is the enablement of God, the covering of God, the protection of God, the power of God. Why do I need that? Because in as much as I might be anointed, I am just as flawed. Come on, y'all. Whenever you see somebody under the anointing, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, oh, my God, you can only just wait a little while and you will see the crack in all of that fake uh, holiness, my God. There is something to be said about the anointing of God being on your life to cover your flaws. That's why one of my daily prayer is God cover me until you change me. I just been chewing on this stuff. Huh? Success comes sometimes only after you have planted seeds of hopeful imagination and have courageously watered them with consistent effort. I'm going to say it to you again. Success comes after you have planted seeds of hopeful imagination and have courageously watered them with consistent effort. In other words, it ain't going to happen overnight. Come on, oh, listen, listen. You plant the seeds. That's what folk do at the beginning of the year. You plant good seeds. Oh, my God. But then about, uh, you know, the end of February uh, uh, and March, then you get scared. Come on, my God. So you plant the seeds. You get scared. But then you got to courageously water them consistently. And after a while, success will come your way. Come on, y'all. You, you, you got to, uh, why do you need courage? You need courage because fear uh, is natural. Come on. In the face of uncertainty, fear is natural. In the face of danger, fear is natural. But the last time I checked, a child of God, a man of God, woman of God, we walk with one foot on faith and the other on fear. And that's how this dance goes most of the time. Come on, y'all. You will never be fearless 100%. And you will never have faith 
a hundred percent. One day you're going to wake up and you're standing strong on the foot of faith. And another day you're scared as hell asking what is going to happen in your life. You, you, you plant the seed and then you water it with courage. In the days when you get scared, Fallon, and you, you don't know if the contract is coming back. Come on, my God. By faith in God and with courage to overcome that thing. You keep on watering it. Keep on watering it. Success sometimes comes when there's synchronicity between opportunity and hard work. <laughs> we just got the right opportunity, Jason. That's how, that's how we got successful. The right opportunity, or rather, simple good luck oh, and kindness of others. Oh, some of us are successful today, not because we were the brightest or the smartest or worked hardest. Come on, anybody in here? You know you weren't the brightest. You know you weren't the smartest. Come on, you know one because you look good. Oh, no, no, no. You know, oh my God, that it was because of the kindness of others and share and pure good luck that you have what you have right now. I'm just looking for a few folk who testify. Sometimes every Joshua ought to take the time to thank God for the Moses in your life. Mm, I'm going to tell you, come on now. Every now and then, uh, Joshua's or to thank God for the Moses is in your life. The people who opened doors for you. The people who made ways for you. The people who prayed for you. Come on. The ones who were better to you than your own blood folk. Come on, my God. The ones who treated you with more love and respect and courtesy than your own folk. Come on, y'all. There's something to be said about taking time out at the beginning of a year, reflecting on your life and saying, you know, Mr. John loved me when nobody else loved me. Mr. Prasad trusted me when nobody else could trust me. Mr. Muhammad was good to me when nobody else was good to me. Come on, y'all. And if your mama was good to you, say, I thank God for my mama. And I thank God for my daddy. And I thank God for the neighbor. And I thank God for that banker who looked at my records and said, I shouldn't do this, Lord. But Something got the hold on me. I'm convinced that God specifically wants us to be successful at leaving an inheritance. I'm going to do this and I'm going to be done with you. Amen. This book is about land. Land. Come on, y'all. It's about land. It's about leaving land. It's about having, come on, y'all. Uh, land. Come on, y'all are going to hear it a lot this year. You need to buy some. 
Come on, y'all. You need to buy some. Come on, I don't care if you like living in an apartment. If you're so committed to living in an apartment because you don't want to cut grass, come on, y'all. That's all right. But living in an apartment, but own a house. Come on. Own a piece of land. Own a lot somewhere. Come on. God ain't making no more of this thing called land. And this thing that we call the Christian, the Judeo-Christian faith, it is about the distribution and possession of land. If you ain't trading land, buying land, selling land, you are not at your optimum potential as a child of God. And I say it unapologetically because God says, come on, my God, go out there and conquer the land. Inheritance is about ensuring that people have what is their rightful portion as a child of God. Inheritance is about gifting the generation behind with what they need to be successful. Come on, y'all. Look. Look, it's about those coming behind. Some of you might say, well, it's too late for me. I say it ain't too late. Amen. It ain't too late. Now you can pass on a mortgage to somebody else. Come on, y'all. It ain't too late. Uh, come on, y'all. It ain't too late. I don't care if you're renting now. Oh, it ain't too late to own a piece of land. You know, these millennials, you know, this wonderful group in our midst, these millennials, you know, they don't like to do mortgages because they say it take too long. You know, the whole idea of a 20-year mortgage, a 25-year mortgage, they're like, Pastor, we don't know if we are going to be, you know, in Nashville that long. Don't know if we're going to be alive that long. I say unto you, come on, y'all, if indeed... You are thinking not just about you, but about those coming behind you. Come on, for your cousin, for your niece, your nephew, for those coming behind. You ought to leave a piece of land for them. Land, y'all. Land. Come on, I'm going to say it to you again in your spirit. Land. Buy some land. Rent some to own it. Come on. Inheritance is about gifting the generation behind. The Bible says a good person, good man, good woman leaves houses and land for the children behind. Come on, y'all. I, I don't care how good uh, you know you, you think you are. I think the people who will benefit from your goodness... They will benefit more if they left you some land. They left you some money so you can buy some land. Come on, y'all, long load. Y'all gonna get quiet on me now, but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Joshua is not just a conqueror, but he's a supervisor over the distribution of the land that God promised the people of God. Joshua had to have vision and integrity when it came to the matters of land. He had to have vision. If we conquer the land, we divide the land and everybody who fought with us gonna get peace of the land there is no greater gift that you can give to the generation coming behind you than the gift of land land that is paid for is still the best asset that you can give as part of your legacy come on yeah if you got one little piece you ought to be able to leave it for somebody here and come on for God in heaven's sake don't just leave it for the one that you like the most but got the least sense 
Come on now. As an investor, you know, it, it's sad when you run into families. Come on now. And, and, and the folk who got the, you know, the power of attorney, come on, don't really know how to handle the business. Oh, I'm telling you, my God. No, come on, mama. If you're going to leave the land for the boys, uh, pick the one that got the most sense. Come on. The one that got the most vision. Come on. It ain't because she's the cutest or the prettiest or she talked the best or she prayed the best. Do you have some sense when it comes to the issue of handling the business? Don't give it to the one who the hungriest. My God, they'll sell it the fastest. I'm trying to tell you. Oh my God, the one uh, that need the money the most is the one that will sell it the fastest, the cheapest. Land, land. We ought to share the conviction that success without land means oh god come on now, i'm gonna say it nice and clean for you uh uh we ought to share the conviction uh, that success without land means uh, uh without land ownership amounts to stupidity if if, if you come on y'all success without land ownership success you, you gotta have land land come on miranda you got four kids piece of land honey come on I, I don't care go Memphis buy a piece of land land is cheap in Memphis land is cheap down in Birmingham come on y'all but buy land you ain't got to buy look you can own a piece of land in another state and you don't have to be there y'all know that come on y'all folk be like oh I ain't buying no land in Memphis come on fool land in Memphis is still land it's still dirt y'all own piece of land you got to be successful. I'm going to get to Jesus in a minute. Amen. But you got to get the land. It's flat out stupid for you to have money for you to buy nice clothes. Fendi bags. Gucci jackets. Make it to every single, every single show that comes to the Slurmahorn. Oh my God, and you're renting. That's stupid, y'all. Come on now. You can have your hair done, whatever style you want it. Come on, my God. You know, he, he used to be the, uh, how the old preachers have said, uh, fried died laid to the side but oh my god but now these days when you got them curl things come on them curl up things what you call them locks amen them things cost a lot of money too but don't you be spending so much money on looking good on the inside and you have nothing to pass on to the next generation am i making y'all mad is anybody mad? I want to make you mad. I want you to get mad. Is I'm going to shut that preacher up. I'm going to learn, oh my God, how to get my own land. <sighs> Old folks used to say it this way. If the Lord wills and the creek don't rise, my personal prayer to God is that God would let me lead this church long enough to pay off every piece of property that we purchase. Why? So that the next pastor doesn't have to struggle 
And the next pastor doesn't have to worry about where money will come from to fund the ministries of the church. Come on, y'all. That is about forecasting and pre-planning and looking down the road. Come on, y'all. Oh, we can't have all this anointing and be broke as church mouse. Come on, y'all. Own some land. Come on, shake your neighbor. You know how they do when they, when they, when they, at them charismatic church, rock them and shake them and shake them and rock them and tell them, come on, y'all, get up and own some land. Own some land. One more. One more. I'm going to get all out. I'm going Inheritance is not just about land and material. There's something called intellectual property as well. Come on. Come on, Marsha. Just as you increase your land holdings, you ought to increase your intellectual properties as well. In other words, we ought to take pride in education. We ought to, oh, come on. You ought to gift the next generation coming behind with education. If you are finished educating your children, find somebody else to help to educate. Come on, y'all. You ought to have some pride about yourself. Come on. Uh, it's one thing to go down to Brownsville and, and see them, uh, the Mashaw, uh, uh, Shaw, 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 Mid, uh, Nicholson clan, and, and they can show you all the land that the family owned. But not only is it land, but you know, he was a professor at Fisk as well. Come on, my God. It's nothing like when you can have both material possessions to give. And at the same time, come on, y'all, the gifting of education. One of the best legacies we can give to our children is to know that we, we get educated in this family. Come on, y'all. We are educated. We, we go to school. We do not drop out of high school. No, we finish high school. We go to college. We excel in college. Come on. If you are a Robinson, you go to school. Come on, my God. It ain't no two ways about it. You go to school. Come on, y'all. If you are a Steinman, you go to school. We value education. And in the same way, you come to the Ray of Hope Church, you go to a church with two trained pastors. My God. You do not have jack legs in the pulpit who have more charisma than they have character. That is not the legacy of this church. My God. We preach to you a gospel that is full and free and unadulterated and intentional and purposeful and hopeful and powerful and will lift you up when you are down that is the legacy of this church that we got capital intellectual capital and you can't make me shame about it i preach because i am smart and what i don't know i work hard to find it out Come on, stand on your feet. 